You got a dumb face, and I don't like you. This is Tall Can Audio. Another week, another episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name's Matt. His name's Rob. You can follow us on social media at Tall Can Audio. How's it going today, man? It's frigid, Matt. It's frigid here in beautiful Bytown. It's true. I'm not sure if you've been out yet today. Uh, actually, no, not yet today. But making my way to the studio, yeah, with the wind chills about minus 12, mm-hmm. blowing, man, it feels... Uh, I'm feeling a little bit of, um, you know, regret over many things really, but we'll just focus on the one thing that's front of mind right at this moment. All right. I, pool got closed, all that stuff, beautifully done. Bam. I'm like, man, I'm doing this. I'm a, I got my eavesdrops done, cleaned out, good to go. Lawnmower never really got winterized. Okay. It's got a full tank of gas, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that's going to be, put me somewhat Okay but no stabilizer in it. And I've, it just went from being, hey, it's 20 degrees to, hey, it's below zero. Yep. In like three days, it just dropped. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I already had to change, change the carburetor this year because they're like, hey, some dumbass left some gas in here. Like a little bit. I I, I didn't run it fully dry. It was, yep. yeah, anyways, so that was. What know. a dumbass. That'd be me. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. So you know what, Matt, beyond that, um, I'm good. How about you? Yeah, it's been a good weekend over here, man. It's, uh. You've been busy. Got some family in town visiting. So a couple late nights, a couple different pints there with the old man. And then, uh, well, mom and, uh, and my sister were off checking out Pretty Woman, the musical. Love the movie. I'm thinking about watching the movie again. Yeah. Just total sleazeball Jason Alexander in that movie. For sure. But I, Julia Roberts, I think it started a love affair with Julia and I. I love the boots. I'm not sure what's that. I was corrected on Friday night when, uh, uh pretty okay. sure Julia Roberts wasn't here in Ottawa performing the, uh, the musical, but said, you know, wonder, you know, maybe not quite as pretty a woman now. My dad goes, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Still pretty solid. Still looking pretty good. Although I don't know. I did. All the women in my life went to see the George Clooney, Julia Roberts flick that's out right now. And the women all came back with, no, Julia's not looking so good. Oh, no. And I said, come on now. Are you guys really the best judges of, of what's good? And they're like, yeah, she, her wardrobe was not very appealing. No, and it, it wasn't that. good for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know what? We'll just go with that. Yeah. I know what I like. Yep. You know what you like. Do it. I like to have a beer. I like beers too, Matt. Let's do that. What okay. are we drinking today? I, I just um, poured myself and it's looking gorgeous from here. Gorgeous. Bam. <laughs> um, it is called Velour Noir. Oh. Cherry Vanilla Stout from Brothers Brewing out of beautiful Guelph. The Royal City, okay. I believe. Yes, the Imperial is. Royal City. Yeah. So this is from Brothers Brewing, comes in at 4%. Um, it felt like a stout day, Matt, to be honest with you. I was yeah, looking for through, sure. I was looking through the show beers at home and I'm like, APA, IPA, I'm going through IPA again. And I'm like, mm, do I not have a porter, stout, something in here? <laughs> sure enough, trusty single, cherry vanilla, 
stout. So I'm going to take a poll on this and let you know how it goes. Okay. What do you got? I'm into the uh, the Flying Monkeys Brewery. Oof. You're not a fan? I don't know if that was a, a shot at your first sip on your beer or the brewery or... Uh... Last last Flying... What you take Flying Monkey? Yeah. Yeah, last thing I had was that Orange Cream Skull thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Episode yeah. 1000 here and man, that put me... Took, turned you off a little. Uh, this is called The Monkeys Are Revolting. Yes, sire, they are. It's a session IPA. And I do, I wonder when I look at the name, is this a description? If you're looking at the monkeys, like, ugh, they're revolting. Or is this a, a statement? This is an action that the monkeys yeah. are taking around the brewery now at the Flying Monkey Brewery uh, out of Barrie, Ontario. So I'm going to ponder that. Kate. For a while, man. Like that's going to, that'll stick with me. One of those existential questions that, uh, uh it's a session IPA, uh, 4.5%. It's, it's Grey Cup Sunday. So we're trying to start easy here, right? It, it could be a bit of a, a bit of a haul through the afternoon and the evening. So, uh, an, a session IPA is probably not a bad place to start. So we'll see what the, the monkeys are revolting is all about here. So I, um, I'm, I'm, I, it sticks with me always. It's uh, do you remember the cartoon, the wizard of id? Not at all. All right. Yeah. It takes place sort of in medieval times, but yeah, it, no, it would be an older and, and anyways, it's somebody coming in and saying, sire, the peasants are revolting. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very much in your, yeah. in your wheelhouse. And so that stuck with me all these years. So what do you think of that session? Crisp. IP? It's crisp. And it, it did say it, it would remind you hard of that kind of West Coast IPA feel. Uh, and it's bringing that quite a bit. I, very hoppy. I don't know. Kind of nice, man. I'm enjoying that right now. Like I said, could be a long afternoon into the evening. So uh, we'll we'll try and take it easy here. Although it's almost always now. These shows are always two beer shows. For sure. Point, they, I'm counting on it. I've yeah. already got a third <laughs> of that guy down. So uh, yeah, it won't be that long before we're... Uh... Now this is, comes in at 4%, so nice and light. Yep. But it's a stout. Yep. I'm impressed by the creaminess of it. Like really, it's got a good head. It's been poured for five minutes now. Yep. Still has, still holding the head and it's, it's creamy. I'm not getting a pile of cherry, but I am getting a subtle vanilla that makes it, uh, quite tasty. Okay. So not bad. Brothers. Brothers. Um, we were going to, look, we got lots to talk about it in the hockey front. The Blue Jays made a big trade this week. We got lots to get to, but I want to start with Twitter. And uh, before we do, I want to, because we got some feedback on this, uh, and not to mention that I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I want to circle back to the end of last <laughs> week's show and, uh, and play just a quick clip for, uh, for the good listener who may have missed it. We're on Twitter and Instagram at all and audio. We'll cover Twitter next week. This is a maybe a we'll be on Mammoth. I'm not entirely sure. It's called Mastodon. Mastodon. Mammoth is a website Rob visits right on the edge of his tongue for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the wayback music. Yeah. First of all, that's excellent. Um. The th- a lot of people enjoying, and everybody that wrote in about this pointed out the exact same thing. The casual confidence you strode into that sentence with. Yeah. The, ah, we'll probably just move on over to Mammoth. Yeah. No. It, <laughs> There's it, no such it's thing. It's true. You, you, you felt like you had that. You pulled that out of your back pocket. I'm going to throw this down. Yeah. 
it's it's one hundred percent true, right? And so if Mammoth is uh, some website devoted to well-endowed men, I, I I don't know. There was some speculation on that, yeah. too, in the replies exactly. of of what was Mammoth? Is it is it is it on the male side? Is it yeah. something on the female side? And you know is what? It, Who cares? Yeah, you do. You. It's probably, it's probably got something for everybody. Yeah, you would think, come on, if, man. If that's Large. Your, uh, your title for sure. Elephantitis of the penis. Yeah. What? <laughs> Ever you got in mind, it's there. No doubt. Uh, so shout out to our friends over at Mammoth. Uh, we have, I haven't done anything with it yet, but we did set up this week a Mastodon page. There was, whether it was Thursday night, Wednesday night, it, it felt very much like that was going to be the night that this it all ship crumbled. Is burning. A lot of people that had a very much a uh, saying goodbye at the end of high school feel to it. Everybody putting out their other profile links and handles and let's stay in touch after graduation kind of feel to it. It's not likely. Uh, yeah, no, of course not. Uh, all it was missing was that that vitamin C graduation. As we go, we remember. You know, he's pretending. He's giving know, me the stare. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course not. Um, so we've set up a page. It has nothing on it at this point, uh, but... I guess if Twitter collapses, you can look for us there. Basically anywhere that there's social media, if we have a, an account there, it'll be under tall K and audio. That is a, a name bad enough that no one else will have already stolen it from us. You won't have to search for the real tall can audio or tall can audio one. Uh, so, you know, if you lose track of us on Twitter, that's where we'll be. But have you, I know you are uh, a peripheral Twitter yeah, user for sure. Occasionally drop in. Yep. Um, Maddie took a bit of a run at you this week. I don't know if you saw that or not. No, uh, well, the best thing about Maddie Lang is he takes runs from 400 kilometers away. That's true. Well, that was kind of the point of this one. Yeah. Um, there was a, an account that had tweeted out that Elon Musk had backpedaled a bit and accept, cause he had told everybody you're done working from home, come back yep. to the office. 40 hours. Yeah. In studio. And get ready to be hardcore. Yeah. Said. Um, and everybody went, well, fuck you and just quit. Uh, so then he re, he backpedaled a bit and says, exceptional employees will be allowed to continue to work from home. <laughs> so I, uh, I quote tweeted and said, you know, that's why you only ever see Maddie on the podcast in person once a year, as opposed to all the other times he's working from home. Of course, the first thing Maddie did was reply tagging you <laughs> why you had to be in here still every week as an unexceptional employee. So Okay. Uh, yeah. Maddie Foundational. Likes, yeah, fa- for sure, man. Uh, dedicated. Yeah. Many might say. So anyway, uh, this thing seems to be in a speed wobble. Most of the people I follow or I've read have said that running a website like this is, you know, that maybe the best analogy is like running an airline. If you fire all your mechanics tomorrow, the planes don't suddenly just start falling out of the sky. Over time, yeah, shit gets bad in a hurry, right? And and things start to break and, and little things get missed. And so you're already seeing that a bit on Twitter. Sometimes links don't load or videos break or it just glitches out. There was some people having trouble with their two-factor authentication there a week or two ago. So those are the things you're going to start to see. But it probably won't have just a, right, like power down moment. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've been following it. This thing has become a yeah. a public square of sorts, right? Everybody comes either to chat or for information or whatever. And this guy has bought it for $44 billion, oh, turned man. it into an $8 billion company in three weeks yep. that uh, 
Nice. That's good on good you, investment. chum. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I keep it. I keep on it just because it allows me to show stuff. If we're talking about stuff, it's just easier for me to look at stuff, occasionally search things. Mm-hmm. It's um, if I feel like something is really current, I'm I'm looking there, right? More than I post, right? I just sort of cruise around. But uh, yeah, Elon Musk, what a douche! <laughs> and so. It just comes down to it's it's nice when you come in and you're you're full of bluster and you have all these demands. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah, and then your seventy five hundred employees turn into twenty two hundred. Yeah, that Oops. is yeah, and you're like, oh wait, and it's it's strangely it's all the exceptional talent. I'm sure that is most has mostly <laughs> has mostly left right, and so yeah, it, it's it's. I heard somebody the other day say, you know. With, with Elon's complaining about, yeah, I knew it was overvalued, but I, I was looking at future potentials and this person was like, I don't know, man, before I pull the plug on an online purchase, I check it like eight times before I, yeah. and you're like, you, you bought something that was super inflated and knew it? You're not. You're not a great businessman, perhaps. Uh, Correct. I don't know if this was a vanity huh? thing. Like I, I want to, here's the problem. You, you come in and with waving your, all your principles and shit around going ultimate free speech, nothing will be censored. Everybody will be back on here. And then all of a sudden people start pointing shit out, right? Once you allow that sort of stuff, Hey, look, there's a couple ISIS beheading videos. You cool with that, Elon? No, that's crazy. We can't allow that. There's a couple of child porn, you know, videos or pictures put up. Are you cool with that? No, we can't have that. Okay, so you are admitting then, wide open, completely free speech, not always a great idea. So I think we can all agree we should stop short of beheading videos and child pornography, but now we're putting a line in somewhere and you don't want to be the guy that has to do that. No one wants that job. That's a shit job because no matter where you draw that line, there's going to be someone just on the other side of it going, hey, like... We weren't as bad as those guys. Like I should be in. I. It just it it took him into a world he was never prepared for. Uh, all for the idea that uh, you know I'm standing up for for everybody. This is total free speech. And now he's found just like everybody else that tries to run one of these things. Yeah, it's not possible. Like you have to have limits somewhere. And I'm obviously using extremes. Yeah, yeah. But I, just because those are easy ones to pick out, like I. Well, and he's stuck in the middle of this thing now. It's like anybody who who comes, you know, any celebrity who figures they're going to become president of the United States and figure they can Some just... Some of them do it. They can just do whatever. <laughs> and then you go, oh, wait, there's all these checks and balances and yeah. I can't really... Nope. It's super hard. <laughs> it's super hard that... I wonder how much of... And I've seen this and, and this is where Matt gets to come off as a bit of a crazy conspiracy theorist. Nice. Do it. How much of this might be... Intentional. We as the billionaire class have had enough of you peasants being able to easily organize together, find each other, find news outside of the news channels and outlets we've built for you where we give you the news we want you to have. This is over here. You know, we pull shit off that Bob McKenzie tweeted and talk about it on our podcast. Twitter was almost singularly responsible for the Arab Spring. 
in Egypt like 10 years ago or whatever. This is a place, this is a website, this is a tool that people have used around the world to overthrow dictatorships and and really make a difference, right? To be able to find each other. And, and obviously, when you have a place like that, the, the shitheads in our society can find each other much more easily as well, right? We've seen lots of, of not great movements start online. Yep. But that's sort of the, the good with the bad of it. And I, I, I kind of wonder if yeah, he doesn't necessarily mind. Uh, he came in for $44 billion. Maybe a couple of buddies quietly helped him out with it. Let the wheels fall off and go, oh, well, didn't work. And, and just let it die. Yeah, well, that's interesting, Matt. Um, but to me, it's, it's you let that die, but something like Mammoth pops up. <laughs> to distract us. Yeah. <laughs> and next thing you know, the people are happy. People are always happy. It's like, yes. the, it's like the Romans with their gladiator fights. People are always happy. They don't know how shitty life is. Right. If you give them the odd distraction. <laughs> Mammoth. Um, so it comes down to something like this just pops up somewhere else, right? Like I think once you have the idea and the technology, it doesn't go away. So yeah, I I have no idea. I'm not really willing to venture down that path with you. I think it is a bit, um. Yep, it is. A bit out there, but I like it. (laughs) I like it for the, for the thoughtful, you know, nature it's been put forward with. Yeah, and even if it's not intentional, I just don't think it's a lovely byproduct. Yeah, I don't think they'd be that tore up to see uh, to yeah. necessarily see it broken. Well, and, and for somebody, you know, you'd have to be a real, you know, two faced guy, Elon, if that's the case. When you are out there trumpeting free speech, and <laughs> you know, we want to take down fascist Trudeau, you know, these sorts of things. <laughs> If that's your, if that's your goal, it, it seems hard to muzzle everybody with it. Right. So that to me is, it just seems like, uh, yeah, two sides. Yep. Shave both your face and your ass. Always good advice, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I and I, I do certainly admit it's, it's a bit out there, but I, I just, uh. Not entirely out of character. Yeah. No, that's right. That's okay. Uh, your buddy. Mr. Trump. Yeah, uh, buddy. Announced this week. Yeah. Running again. How do, how are you able to run after being impeached twice? Well, I'm curious. Are you as indignant this time as you were in 2015? Pfft, no shot. No chance. Uh, clearly not because the whole time I had to re- – like I was just like my – I kept having to pick my job the whole way through yep. in 2015. So Can't be shocked again. <laughs> you can't shock me like that twice. Um that being said, when we look at what happened with the midterms and, and whatnot, I think you're going to have a hardcore, you know, foundation. I I would be surprised, well, A, if he's allowed to, it's queer. Well, one of the things they I read in the Times this week was that he likes the idea, even if he can't win, this complicates things for the DOJ, who are looking into him right now on several fronts, that... Oh, fuck. Now this is political again, right? Like, not like a former president ever wasn't, but now he's running and we're going to look like we're interfering in the process and would they still move forward and in indicting him on something as he's actively participating in the presidential. Well, and then people get to say, look at that. They're trying to fuck with exactly. democracy. And Hillary Clinton would probably like to, hey, <laughs> that happened, right? Yeah. Like, um, but it's not a crazy 
theory that this would complicate things for the DOJ. And that would be one of the reasons to announce this early. And I do think there's a very good chance he's at least the Republican nominee. I think if he goes up against DeSantis or whoever else one-on-one in a primary, he probably loses. But that's not how it works. You're going to have to have – there's going to be these three, four, five guys running against him. And he will have the biggest slice of that pie when their supporters are split amongst each other, right? I believe his piece will be the biggest. Yep. And he'll at least become the nominee. Whether he then wins, I I like to think you're right that they've now – shown in three straight elections, we're not particularly interested in the Trump movement anymore, but we've been fooled before, man. Big time, big time. Um, But yeah, as you say, to me, I think he does. And what you're talking about is, yeah, as you start to do the runoffs and you go, okay, yeah, yeah, tick, 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 tick. And you go, I think his hardcore majority, like the, the people, his supporters, there's enough of those that, that could come up through the, through the middle. Yep. And so, yeah, I just, I, I would, knowing what we had last time and, and you can't go through that whole January 6th thing. Fucking. And look at that and go, not only did we have the four years where you're like, where you had to, as even as a Republican, hold your nose yep. for a lot of things and then go, oh, and then we had that. that I just, whew, I would be. Yeah. Well, you would take another notch down in terms of, of the great American Republic because, man, that is. The beacon on the hill or what do they always call it? The bright yeah. light on the hill. Yeah. Bring us your, your dirty and your tired and your. We'll put them on a bus to Martha's <laughs> Vineyard. <laughs> or we'll put them on a bus over to, uh, escapes me now. Sorry. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, uh, Nancy Pelosi's. I, and that's, yeah, yeah. And that's before somebody Take a actually, hammer yeah, to yeah, her yeah. husband. Yeah. No, but they were dropping off busloads yes. of Mexican migrants and. Fuck. Just the sleaziest fucking people. Man. Well, you just go. What's... The people doing it, not the migrants either. You. <laughs> yes. Before you decide to, re- to get in here. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of migrants, a heavily migrant built World Cup kicked off today. Did you flip it on even for a minute? Not, it's not a second. Qatar versus Ecuador to kick off the uh, tournament. Big time uh, name value. The Ecuadorians must have run them out of the house. I only watched uh, a couple of minutes right off the hop and Ecuador scored about four minutes in. Um, and it looked like, yeah, it was going to be a, a total gong show. Uh, but the goal got called back. You're oh. going to love this video review on an offside. Yeah. Very refreshing for those of us taking a break from the NHL to watch this thing. Matt Duchene was there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Um, but uh, the World Cup underway, uh, a full slate on Monday. Canada gets underway on Wednesday. It sounds like after some some trepidation that, uh, that Alfonso Davies wouldn't be good to go, that he will be in the lineup on Wednesday and, uh, and ready to go. Um, look, we've talked about this a hundred times before. Neither one of us hardcore soccer fans, but started following it a little more closely through the qualification process. It's here now. How much attention do you plan to pay to it? Uh, and it's uh, not a pile, hmm. not a pile. And, and and really it comes down to, I as, you, as I, you've just stated, I'm not a huge soccer fan. Right. And you sort of get swept up a bit in this because it is the global game, right? Yeah. It is... And whenever you see a Canadian team that is sort of 
elbowing its way in, you know, making some noise. Sure. And then you had this this success of of winning the region and and all those things. And then it immediately turned to squabbling over money <laughs> and a long time in between, you know, forfeiting a couple of friendlies, losing a couple of other regional games. Fighting with was it Nike or Adidas over not having a new kit. Yeah, like just, and, and all this stuff and you just sort of go, that's, it's all shitty. And, and, and then all the, the resurgence of, of, you know, as, as it approaches, you know, the talk of the, you know, 7,500 people who died making these, making these stadiums and. <laughs> to build eight stadiums. It's a that, hell of a death rate. That are going to be torn down. Yeah. And, and, and. At the end of the day, you're like, it's shitty. It's shitty. And mm-hmm. and and to watch it is is really to support it. That's yeah. I, I know that is soapbox kind of stuff. It, it is because we sit down and we watch Beijing and we watch Sochi. Some of us were we, in Beijing. Right. <laughs> it's fair enough, right? I meant the one that just happened here a few months ago. 100% uh, the IOC. And FIFA. Gross, gross, gross organization. For sure they are. For sure they are. Um, yeah, for but me. But I'm coupling those two things together. All, yep. the whole package sort of rolls up and I go, that's a big ball of shit. So I turned it on the, uh, today just for the very beginning. I just wanted to see what they would do to, you know, launch it. There was nothing particularly special, but it was a big countdown before they kicked off and fair enough. Um, but I remember... It must have been 2014, which I believe was in Rio. I got together with a couple friends and went down to the market. In Brazil. Yes. Sorry. Not just Brazil, not just Rio. Uh, they were all over the country. So a couple of friends and I got together and went down to the market for the first England game. Thinking, let's, mm, I'm going to yeah. try and get into this. And then you suddenly remember, yeah, you're having fun with your friends and you're having a couple beers, but it's... It's been 50 fucking minutes. It's still nil-nil. Like this is still soccer, right? Which isn't my yeah. my game. And so you sort of try, or at least I do every time it comes around, this is what everyone's going to be talking about for a month. I'm going to get into it this time. And at the beginning, you kind of get hot and heavy with it. And then you're like, holy fuck, it's, oh, a, month on, lo- it's a month long. And it's, I have a feeling what happens for me is I'll probably flip it on again on Monday, maybe for England. Like there are a couple of matchups with some a little more pizzazz to them than Qatar versus Ecuador. Ecuador. Uh, and certainly I will watch the three Canadian games. Um, but yeah, it, it sticks with you, the the conditions that this is being played under. Um, I don't know, but I, I sort of feel like we have that with more and more of these major sporting events. And once it starts, we roll in and we talk about all the disasters and all yep. the things that could treat And then the games start. And like you said, you hold your nose and. Yeah. And, and you're right. And that probably will, if you look at Beijing, right, where they just come in and they go, yeah, I know you've lived here for five generations of your family. You're out. We're hosting the Olympics, baby. Yeah. This, this is now a, this is now a diving center. Or yeah. A, all those things. Yeah. You saw it in Atlanta. You see it all over the place, right? Um, and yeah, it is distasteful and, and I'm able to sort of get on this soapbox because I don't care. About yeah, soccer, exactly. Really, is what it comes down to. That I, I will likely check in the soccer, the Canada games will be huge. Yeah, but yeah, I find you know it's one of those things when we talk about money spent, and you go when FIFA said, "Yeah, Qatar or Qatar, yeah. whatever you're going with," 
Um, you'll get the games, but your facilities are substandard. So Qatar says, um, okay, we'll spend $220 billion. Billion. People in Africa still dying of curable disease, but $220 billion on eight mm. soccer stadiums that you're probably going to tear down most of <laughs> oh and kill a bunch of people. All right. It seems like a good idea. Like to me, it's all the things that we hate about sports on steroids yeah. is what's happening here. And this is going to be one of the most, and again, it sounds like exaggerating, but this is going to be one of the most propagandized months of television and sports you've ever watched. The whitewashing, and I guess we use the term sports washing right now. These things, we come in and we legitimize these oppressive governments or or whatever by allowing them to come in and then tell you what you're allowed to, what stories you're allowed to tell, where you're allowed to shoot, all these sorts of things. We'll get into the beer story. It's interesting, yeah. but... It, you know, right now there's still uh, there are seven European teams where the captains have said, "I'm fuck. I do not care about Qatar's policies. I'm wearing the rainbow armband yeah. during the game to support their or to support the LGBTQ yeah. community who are treated horribly in Qatar." It's a sickness in the brain, Matt. Apparently, that was the the, the direct quote. If you are, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community, you are. That's a just that's an illness that you can be cured of. Right. Um, what? So the Qatar has told FIFA, no shot. You're not having that here. And these seven European teams have said, I'm wearing the fucking armband and they are daring FIFA to do something about it. And so they negotiated again on Sunday. There's been several back and forth meetings and stuff trying to get these guys not to do it. And they failed again on Sunday to talk them out. Well, what if we had a different armband. It wasn't the rainbow, but it wasn't. And, and these countries are holding firm to yeah. their credit. Um, but this is the sort of stuff that you're, one of the reporters I followed from ESPN, um, he was on their daily podcast, uh, last week saying, Qatar is telling you if you're gay and you're a fan of one of these teams, like you'll be safe here. You can come. I feel it. I'm feeling it. I feel gay was one of the things the president said of FIFA said. The other day, did you see that quote? No. He said, I understand. I'm not uh, Qatari. I'm not African. I'm not gay. I'm not disabled. But I feel all of those things. He went back. Today, I feel uh, Qatari. Today, I feel Arab. Today, I feel African. Today, I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel uh, a migrant worker. And you're like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> what are you talking about, right. man? Um, I don't know what he was trying to do, but it was one of the most tone deaf fucking statements you could ever make while you're standing there beside the Qatari royal family. Uh, Who don't care about you. No, at all. And so... the. The point that this ESPN reporter made was that they are saying these things. They don't want you holding hands in the streets and stuff, but they'll say you'll be safe. He goes, I, as a reporter, I would not advise you to come here if that's here. He goes, I can't say for sure what's going to happen, but everything else I've watched them flip-flop on and stand against, I would not... Right. Feel comfortable advising my gay friends to come here for this thing. Well, and that's gay or 
Disabled. Or? Disabled. Anything else, right? Drinking. Yeah. Right? Like to me, the whole thing is I want to go. I love going to a game, having a couple beers, cut loose a little bit, right? Yeah. That's that's part of I need a beer if I'm watching in 40 degree weather, 90 minutes of nil-nil football. <laughs> I better have a beer. Yeah, no, and the thing is, I, I get you don't have to have a, a beverage, but it's nice, right? I know, I know all the Euros, especially they love in the, in the South Americans, really the soccer crowd in general. <laughs> they love their singing and their chanting, yeah. and, and you know I like to yell and chant, of course, too. But um, often right out there in the green room. Yeah. So it, the thing is. The fact that they did it two days before. Well, so let's get into that quickly and, and tee that up. Budweiser is one of the biggest sponsors FIFA has. 75 million. Yeah. And that was always understood was going to be a complication, but we'll figure it out. So they say, we'll let Budweiser set up basically beer gardens or beer tents outside the stadium. You can't drink in the stadium, but there will be, you know, these places outside each stadium kind of behind the perimeter. So like you've come into the area, but you're not yet in the stadium, uh, You'll be able to have those. And then they show up and uh, they're setting those up. And the Qatari royal family basically said, and the, I can't remember. I think they're calling it the Supreme Committee, which is like, wow. Sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> Honestly, that's too prominent. You got to move those. We want them like around back or like, a, essentially, they don't want their citizens seeing, man, drinking looks like fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Those, those people appear to be having a very good time. I should try that. So they, they're going to move them. And then, yeah, two days before the event starts, fuck it. You can't have beer here at all. We're just not going to allow it. It's gone. No Budweiser setups anywhere. Um, yeah, you're just not going to have it. And again, like it, it, it seems like a minor thing, but this shows you that these people are running the show and they can just decide on a whim what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, uh, you're right. It sounds sad to go to say, I can't enjoy a sporting event without a beer. But if I just spent you know, what our good buddy AJ spent to buy 29 t- games, flights over, accommodations, and you change things at the last possible second. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, that's it's a bad look, man. He's a guy, though, who's who's due to lifestyle changes. He already he, said. He knew he was, it wasn't really a drinking holiday. Right? Yeah. Was, he's, he's a he's a beer a day kind of guy. So yeah. um, me, I'm a, I'm a I, like to, I like to rip it up. Of course, man. Um. But it, it does come down to, yeah, two days before you're like, yeah, you already have, everything's going here. You have, you can't pull it out now. No. We're a go. Yeah. And so it's so transparent. I don't really care. And so to circle back even around to what that reporter from ESPN was saying, like they're showing you, they're going to do whatever they want. So if they show up and they, uh, you show up with whatever and you, they don't like your rainbow shirt. Yeah. You may find yourself in a Qatari prison after them swearing for what it's, whatever it's been 10 years since they were awarded this. Yep. T- we are going to be welcoming. Well, maybe we won't be. Well, because you have it now. Well, I'll say whatever I need to say up front. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a kid, like a teenager. Yeah. I'll tell you whatever you need to hear. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Perfect. Everything's done. We're on the way. We're running friendlies. Oh, by the way. By the way, fuck you. That's not happening. That's not happening. Oh, you don't want to do it here? Let's see you pull it out. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Guess what? Ball's in my court. We're doing it my way. And, yep. and if nothing else, and it's coming hard on the heels of the last World Cup was in Russia, mm-hmm. 2018, I, I believe it was 2018. Yep. You're like, man, you have now taken it to a couple of moral toilets. Yeah. And you're fine with that. 
You know, you made five point eight billion. And America next. Yeah, five point eight billion, and now you're Mortal anticipating mm-hmm. making six point four billion on this one. It's it's again we talk about it. All the things we hate about sports. This is it. Just just the volume cranked way up. And the like I said, the Qatari government and the organizing committee, the Supreme Committee, has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on like retired CIA agents to say, who can we, who can we sway? Who can, who will say nice things about us? Fox uh, sports on their tee up show there on Saturday was talking about how far the Qatari government has come and you know, how they're trying to, as soon as the world cup is out of there, yeah, they're going right back to what they've always been and will have just spent a month I guess, talking them up, right? And, and these these former CIA agents that they hired, these former other journalists, other influencers around the world, they've they've gone out, they've researched and they've figured out who can we pay off to, to tell a story we'd rather have told right now. And look, I have no doubt that the attention being on them has helped a little in terms of the way the workers were treated and things like that. But to think that this country has suddenly turned the corner and is now going to be this beacon of freedoms and... I don't know, man, like that's a hell of a, it's going to be kind of gross over the next month to hear some of the things that get said that you're going to have to. So I, I am going to try and not watch. There you go. That's, and that, and for that reason, really, A, I, I don't care. And I'm going to state that right up front. Yep. Um, I do love a Canadian story and this has some potential to be an yep. interesting, a country that's never scored a goal in world cup history. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think they're in a tough division. Two top 10 teams. It's, it's really, um, but it has great potential, but I just, there's so many things about it and because I don't care, it allows me to, to be a bit more hard line on my, on my stance on FIFA. Uh, we've hit the quarter pole in the NHL season (laughs) and, uh, at this point there's always some things, it's still early enough that maybe... Some of these things aren't real, but we're getting kind of, you know, this week is American Thanksgiving, I believe. Um, yep. That's sort of that, you know, teams that are in are in and teams that are out are out. Yeah, quarter pull. Yeah. And and so, you know, we wanted to talk, I guess, just a little bit about who is surprised, who's kind of jumped out at you, either in a good or a bad way. And uh, I don't know, this was this was your topic. Why don't you lead us off, man? What, who's jumping out at you early on? Yeah. Well, and, and I was really looking at this from a... More from a positive because okay. I live in a negative little spot here with my team. So <laughs> I thought I could shelve that for a week and, and, and look at, um, at things that I, I didn't anticipate or like the idea that Connor McDavid <laughs> is leading, is leading in points. Not really, uh, no. not a surprise. Although his 16 goals is. That's a bit of a surprise. Is one of those things, right? Where they talk about he's that, that and they, they reference the whole you know, when Crosby came in, they're like, oh, Crosby can't score. He's a setup guy. And he's like, all right, 50 goals. Fuck you. Bang! Yeah. Right. Gretzky, same thing happened, right? He's like, oh, okay. I Just a setup, man. 92 goals. Well, it's almost like McDavid looked around and said, nobody's talking about my two assists literally every game anymore. Yeah. I'll just score a goal a game now and see if you people will talk about that. <laughs> like, yeah. Just yeah. do whatever the hell I want. But that being said, that's not the, the surprise. Connor McDavid being good yeah. is not a shock. Oh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid one two in scoring. Eric Carlson, yeah, as the third, depending on what you look at, Pasternak may have passed him. 
but to be he in the third or fourth highest scoring with 28 points, yeah. Eric Carlson as a defenseman, that's crazy, right? On a terrible team. On a terrible team. And all the rumors that come with that, that to me is a surprise. Mm-hmm. I look at two teams that I weren't, I wasn't sure we're, we're going to make the playoffs. Now, did I think they were sort of going to be in sort of that four or five spot in their divisions in New Jersey and Boston? Right. Those are crazy stories. And a lot of the underlying numbers in New Jersey last year, they weren't this good, but they were better than the team was. And they used, what, like six goalies last year? Like they yep. got absolutely wrecked by their own goaltending. Well, they're on their third string goalie right now. Yeah, it's true. Who uh, beat Toronto and Ottawa yep. back to back. It's a good trip through Ontario. Yep. He, uh, uh, or New Jersey is sort of one of those teams that everyone, yeah, said they're going to be better. No one said this, but they said, yeah, they're, they're going to be better. And Boston, like, I think they're what, 12 and two right now or something stupid like that. 16 and two, Matt. There you go. And they did most of that without McAvoy, without Marchand. And you go like, those are, those are, Marchand's a top 10 scorer in the league and McAvoy is a a Norris trophy candidate defenseman. You're off to a 16 and two start. Here you go. Here's a couple all-stars. Why don't we see if you want to get what that does for you? They have been maybe not as surprising as New Jersey just because they were already a good team. But I think doing it without those guys is just fucking unbelievable, man. And all those points that you've banked now, especially if you're Boston, like what, you only got to go like 500 the rest of the way and, you'll probably still be top two in the division. Like all those points you just keep well, in your back pocket and. They're 11 up on Toronto. Yeah. Right now. You're second. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is when I look at the, at, I was just looking at the standings this morning and I'm like, the, there's eight teams at the bottom that have either five, six or seven wins. Eight teams sort of in this yep. two win separation. Then there's 20 teams that have between eight and 10. And then there's three teams, Vegas, New Jersey and, and, and Boston that are up in, yeah. in, that there's some separation. There's been a lot, like if you look at Toronto and, and it's just because it sticks in my mind, yep. their record is 10 wins, five losses, four, four. OT losses. Yep. So essentially they've lost nine games, Yep. 10 and nine. And I, only because, but there's a pile of teams like that, right? Around yep. them, Dallas, like just this whole glut, they, um, the Kings, I'm surprised by those guys too, right? Yeah. Just this this huge glut between eight and ten wins that is just, it's it's so mediocre. Unimpressive, yes. Yes, that's exactly where I was going. One of the other ones that stands out for me early on, obviously, is Winnipeg, who I, I look at them and go, that's not real. Like, again, they'll make the playoffs now because of this start, but they're not division- leading good, in my opinion. And it just, that defense that they have, again, when you look at their underlying numbers, you're just, oh my God, like they get flattened in their own end and on the rush, teams just go right the fuck around them. What's that like? And even even some of their forwards are just atrociously bad in their own end. Like Mark Shifley does not back check. (laughs) Blake Wheeler. Right. Um, So I look at them and it's impressive, but I'm not sure that that one is as real as, as, as Boston and New Jersey and certainly as, as Vegas. Vegas is fun because I think a lot of people f- kind of underestimated how beat up they were right. last year. And so people kind of went, yeah, you know, 
they'll probably be back in the race this year. They were always going to be more than in the race. They were going to contend for that division and, yep. and Jack Eichel is back doing his thing. I was actually talking to my dad the other day about Mark Stone. I don't know if you caught, uh, you probably didn't, but during the, uh, the hall of fame game, the, the hall of famers do the quiz with James Duthie, right on TSN. And, uh, so they asked each of them kind of who's somebody in the league now that kind of reminds you of you and your prime. And, uh, Alfie said, Mark Stone, but the, then he goes on to describe, he's like, not a great skater, not really a great shot, just, you know, kind of works hard and manages to get it done. And, and I, like, I get it. Alfie is saying that was him too. But if I'm Mark, so I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm still here in the league trying to do my thing. Like yeah. you're burying me here for now. It's not like what Alfie said was wrong, Yeah, yeah. but you're like, man, like it's because hockey players and especially Swedes are, are humble like that. You're not going to say his and, great stats because now it's like, you're saying I did those great things yeah. too. Instead, you're pointing out his, your flaws and dragging him down with yeah. you. Yeah. But, but again, that's a guy who, and it's, I, I've referenced it here in the past. I had a book that had, had a sort of scouting report on, on every player in the NHL. And this is like circa 92. Right. And so it shows you, you know, where they like to shoot and where to score their goals from. And then it was a little breakdown. And, and the Gretzky one was, and this is a really just, again, it's, 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 you know, an exaggeration, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, he, he doesn't, he's not the fastest skater, no. not the hardest shooter. You know, he's not going to blow not you through the, the boards guy, in the forecheck, no. you know, blah, blah, blah. But he just, you know, does things well. And so, yeah, to me, that's a great analogy though. Sure. I I was only laughing at it because of how he. How it comes across. Yeah. You're, while you're trying to be humble about yourself, you're dragging somebody else who might still have to negotiate a contract. Yeah. Something. And Jack Eichel still, the, well, I don't think Mark Stone, he's still five years out on <laughs> okay. his 9.5 million, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel in the top 10 in scoring. I yep. think if he's not in the top 10, he's just outside. Um, it's to me I'm what back, they're, baby. yeah, what they're doing, like, like the puka shell necklace. Right. Um, the poopy shell necklace. Yeah. What, what they're doing with Logan Thompson, who was like a U sport goalie <laughs> and you, and I don't even know who the backup is. Yeah. Right. No. It, it's just, it's incredible. Laurent Brossois. Is he really the backup I there? I believe he's one okay. of their, uh, yeah. Um, that's a known name to me, so I, that's why it made me think it couldn't it couldn't possibly be Laurent. It, um, but yeah, the fact that and Brassois got like a his his stats are good. Like they they just are early in the season. They were there was a lot of low. They were they were suppressing opposition. Yep. You know, there was just a bunch of. But yeah, to me, what they're doing under Bruce Cassidy out there, it's like he's brought in that sort of no nonsense approach to defense and yeah. So that, that is surprising to me just how good, how, how well they've performed with the goaltending they have. He kind of laid a drive by on Logan Thompson the other day too. They asked him before the Edmonton game <laughs> on Saturday, he said something along the line, asking him about his goalie. He goes, well, goalies play well in my system. You're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Not giving the kid any love at all. Well, and if you look at just to double back, cause it, it was something I wanted to touch on when you talked about Winnipeg hmm. under Rick bonus. Yeah. Um, if you looked at Ben Bishop, Ben Bishop had three Vezina nominations, you know, one in Tampa with Rick bonus as the assistant coach there, yep. co-coach. True. And then the two in, in Dallas with Rick bonus as his, so to me, bonus is one of those guys. Hella bucks loving. Whoever he goes now, right? <laughs> he he's he's helping the goalie out. 
right? So to me, that that does help at least the track record of bonus and what you're seeing now in Winnipeg mm-hmm. sort of would lead you to believe that maybe not sustainable and, and they're not and they're now, I think, in third place in that division. They're behind Dallas and Colorado. Okay. Who uh, we're always going to find it. But. For, well, and Dallas is, is actually a little surprising too, right? Yeah. The time they went without Ottinger and. Yeah, true. And so to me, what they're doing is a bit interesting. You look at Jason Robertson, another one of those guys who missed, if he didn't miss all the training camp. <laughs> He he's, may have, he may be up to, I think he's into the top 10. He's in the top now. 10. I was just yeah. looking at the top 10 this morning. Cause I, I knew that we had talked about this. And so that's one of those guys where you look at it and go, man, the guy's like in seventh in, in NHL points. And so. His little brother can't even get in the lineup. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a much tougher <laughs> nut to crack, Matt. You know how that is. Um, what about Montreal? Uh, to me, it, it, that is a feel good story, right? Yeah. For the, for the, they're running out some nights, three rookie defensemen. Yeah. Um, an NHL backup and some AHL goalies, right? In terms of Allen and mm-hmm. Pompadour, Pompadour or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. Montembeau and then Primo. I don't know. I'm sure if Primo has seen any time, but yeah. if you look at what they got there with Gooley, and I, I liked Gooley when they drafted him, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I saw this whole thing happening. And, and Arbor Jackeye, yeah. everyone's he's a love affair with Arbor Jackeye. Am I right? Yeah. There, he's the, he was the talk of town there for a little while anyway. And man, suddenly, uh, Cole Caulfield looks like at minimum a 40 goal, oh, like a lock. Was, somebody was touting him as a 50 goal man. And I was like, mm-hmm. somebody, yeah. It seems, no, no, no. Somebody in the press, oh, not, okay. not, not somebody I work with. <laughs> um, you know, it, he's a. I didn't quite see it. Like it, it was supposed to be that he would just come in and be an instant scorer and he's found it. it. It didn't happen instantly. Right. And we've talked about, you know, did Dominic Ducharme almost single-handedly take a rookie of the year away from him? Yeah. Um, but he's, he looks like a star now and Nick Suzuki's doing his thing. I did top watch. Ten, top 10 in scoring as well. Nick there you Suzuki. go. So that's a team that we had picked to be, if not last place, very close to the bottom yep. of the league. Hey, Arizona, where are you at? And they're hanging around. Like they're, they're still making it, making it interesting. And so. actually Arizona's not even down with them either. They're, you know, it's, it's your Anaheim's, it's your Columbus, it's your Ottawa. It's, there's Oof. some, there's some fecal matter at the bottom. Yeah. I think I'm ready to, to join you on your, your pessimism with the Sens last week, you kind of threw down that it seemed like the season was, was toast and I pushed back a little, but yeah, you, you go back and you look at it another week of runway has been chewed away where you go one and two, I believe. Uh, yep. It's, man, it's, you know, we don't have to get too deep into it, but it, it's a mess, man. It's, and they're not pulling the trigger on, I, 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 I remember saying on here, I thought it would be Tuesday morning after the Alfie ceremony that they would shit can, uh, DJ, cause you wouldn't want to be talking about it during Alfie's day and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're still, still running them out there, man. And, uh, you know, another loss. It's hard because on Saturday it's Jersey again and they're rolling over fucking everybody, but they just look so yeah, disorganized th- and. 100%. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm at the game on Monday, the, the Alfie Hall of Fame night and. Not many others were. Yeah, me and 13 <laughs> and a half thousand. And again, here's the question, Matt. Mm. In an unrelated, completely. Yeah. You taking a shit at a, <laughs> at a hockey game? Not if I can avoid it. Like what bad dietary choices have you made that have forced you into a cubicle to take a smash 
at a hockey game. Yeah. Things have gone. Uh, if I'm sitting down at a sporting 100%. event, my day has gone off the rails somewhere. Something is not playing out the way it's supposed to be. And I do think about that when you see some of the, you know, every now and then there's a tweet or a thing on Sports Center of like this crazy new meal they're trotting out at different stadiums or arenas. And you're yeah. like, I am not taking my chances on your seafood taco that was <laughs> made by a 14-year-old behind the counter at a hockey arena. Heads up, Tony Buds. <laughs> not happening, man. Okay. I am not putting that in my system. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I need to be in a safe place. <laughs> yeah. How about clam chowder and a chapata bun? How about that? Can we get behind? So again, I'm I'm there. I'm, we're all queuing up, and there's a guy who's gripping the bowl and just shouting out. <laughs> And you're like, man, that is, it's the worst. It's the worst for everybody else involved. Anyways, I just wanted to do that. And then the end of the night. So the idea was we went, the game started early. Yeah, so that 5.30 Alfie, start. Yeah. And again, so 5.30 start. So people don't start rolling. Like it didn't really get to its full capacity of 13,500 <laughs> until early in the second. Yeah, people are at work, people are at school, having had dinner, whatever it might be. It's, the, ha- it's hard. Then the Islanders go up 4-2 on an empty netter, and then 8,500 head to Book the exits. Yeah. And you're like, what is the point of any of this if you're not sticking around? And so we're now down to 5,000 people in a, in an 18,500 seat stadium. Yeah, so after the game, they put the, the Hall of Fame ceremony up on the big screen, and the thought was, that's why I play the game at 530 Everybody can stick around after the game and watch Alfie. So it was predominantly a young crowd. Like it was, um, and I mean young as in young families, mm-hmm. right? There was a lot of kids sort of four to seven with their families and it was sort of nice. Whatever the five or six you got there. What? Maybe one benefit of that early start. So we're watching the induction and there's a guy, I don't know, half a section away from me. He's in the next one, but he's about halfway down. Yeah. Wearing a Leaf jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Legend. Yeah. And so, and, and I, I want to say this respectfully, I don't know if the guy was hammered mm-hmm. or if he was maybe intellectually delayed. And I mean that sincerely. Not just his Leaf jersey. He was Not just his Leaf jersey. Okay. So the Alfie thing comes on and they're playing a little montage. And one of them is, is the, is the Tucker it's hit. the Tucker hit. I was and, surprised how much played that. And the, and the yep. place goes wild, right? Yeah, and then as it, as it calms down again, the guy's like. That's a fucking cheap hit. <laughs> Don't fucking cheer a cheap hit, you fuckers. And you're looking around and you're like, it's now like super uncomfortable, right? You're like, and there's little kids and, yeah. and everyone's oh, like. Oh, man. And then the, the whole psalming, Boris psalming thing yeah. came up and he's like, fucking psalming. <laughs> you're the best psalming. You know he's not here, right? Yeah, and then he's cheering Sundin (laughs) all through the whole Alfie thing, and he's dropping F-bombs, and you're just like... Know your uh, environment, buddy. Know your surroundings. What are you doing? And it's just one of those things where you're you're looking at him, but he's looking around like, don't cheer a cheap fucking hit. Like, he's like, likes the fight guy too, right? He's just like, (laughs) hey man, it's like eight o'clock on a Monday night. What's your deal? <laughs> Hope you got your tie down on because you may not make it out You're of the gonna arena. You're going to get fought. You're going to get fought for sure. Anyways, that's just a, a little, um, Matt's not taking a shit at the CTC. No, he's just, <laughs> if he can help it. 
Yes, and that's my point, Matt, is <laughs> I get it. If you're at Heathrow and you've come sort of eight hours from Sri Lanka and you're making your way on to Ottawa, but sometimes things happen and you don't have control over these things. Yeah. But a night at the, you know, Scotiabank Arena or the CTC, <laughs> you may want to plan better. How was the, you know, during the game, were they running like Alfie highlights and stuff? Like what was the, aside from the disappointing crowd and performance by the team on the ice, how was the, you know, the festivities themselves? Yeah, it, it was it? actually, so at, at the 11-11 mark of the first period, you know, the Alfie chant starts yeah. up. It's nice. It's in the first period. It's, it's boisterous. It's, it's, um, it's like a fine luster parfait, man. <laughs> um, and then it gets into the second and things are kind of middling and the, it's, it's less enthusiastic in the second period. And if uh, you probably don't have a good recollection, but the Islanders go up three, one at like 11, 11, 15, just before it. Right. And you're like, ah, Fuckers, right? I'm with that guy in the leave jersey yeah. now. I'm like, I do remember. I was watching the game, and it happened. Yeah, like you said, right before the 11-11 mark. Or so I'm sitting next to somebody <laughs> who's firing up the Alfie chant, and she's alone. Mm. Right? Like I swear, there was like, I'm like, oh, I'm grumbling, uh, and not to mention, I'm drinking a seventeen dollar, twenty eight ounce Molson Canadian. Not a boy. I got two sips into it, and I'm like, I just like my. 15 bucks back at this point. Can I, <laughs> is it possible? Like, it's a bad beer. And I will not dispute, Matt, that I will drink a Molson Canadian after I've had pinch. six others at your house. Yeah. But my first one, cracking, you're like, <laughs> it's just a bad beer. Yeah. But I drank it. Yeah, of but, course you did. I've invested now. But so. yeah, well, they weren't giving me my 17 no, bucks back, so were. it didn't really matter. But <laughs> man, that's just not a good beer. All so right. it, it's sort of... Yeah, I was underwhelmed by the game in its entirety, right? Yeah. And, and I, I'm not sure if I had told you, I was looking at buying tickets. And they have, they're being fairly progressive in terms of the flex packs and the, the work they're trying to do. So they've reached out to me and I've actually been in contact with somebody. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hold on to that 800 bucks right now just because I was at the game and I want to support you. But it wasn't man, that fun. <laughs> I was not feeling like. Yeah. I got my money's worth. So could you, when Alfie comes on to speak, like you can hear him well, it's all pumped oh, it in per- nicely. It, it was it's, perfect. Yeah. The yeah. sound was good. Everything was nice. But yeah, as soon as he was done. Everybody's whoosh, <laughs> Well, they shut it off. They're oh. like, thanks, come again. Okay. See ya. Yeah, it went black. So <laughs> it was just the Alfie thing. You don't have to go home. But, <laughs> but you can't stay here. <laughs> and now I live close enough. I was home to see the two uh, Sedins and so... No. I didn't really watch much more after that. I watched uh, Herb Carnegie's daughter, who I thought made a really nice, like really good speech. I thought she was well, uh, well spoken. And uh, the interview they played, I n- never got the answer on why Riga Salonen was not there. She did not come over for any of the festivities. But uh, they played an interview that Cheryl Pounder did with her uh, from TSN there, and um, friend of the show, Cheryl Pounder. Yeah, but by that time. I was sort of like, I don't really care, but check it out. Yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays have assisted. Well, before we do that, got another beer to get into here. Yeah. Wow. Be patient. Yeah. Well, I, I've already cracked mine and been drinking it. Sorry. It's is, uh, uh, this is, uh, from the Blood Brothers Brewing Company, Blood Light. And, uh, no. Yeah. Out of Toronto, eh? Blood Brothers? Yeah. So it's a, a 4%. 
uh, pale ale. And um, oh, it's actually called Bloodlight. It's Light? called Bloodlight. Yes, uh, this is one that uh, Bunda was in this week. Brought over a couple of bro- Blood Brothers and left them for me. So uh, yeah, this is one of those I- I've never had. This I- almost anything I've ever had from Blood Brothers I've enjoyed, uh, but never tried this one specifically. So we'll see what that's all about. Uh, Teo, hot, so, hot, hot cross, hot cross hot, buns, hot cross buns. Steve Bunda. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> I am drinking a. Uh, I cracked. I went. I went in a separate direction here. I am drinking a lemon pepper Belgian wheat IPA. Wow! From Four Rivers at a Bathurst, on there. New Brunswick. There is a lot, and but there's not actually a lot happening in the beer. It comes in at five percent. It's. It's to me. It's just. It's. It's not even really coming in as an IPA. It's just sort of. There's not much happening with it. All right. Taste a, taste a slight upgrade from my Molson Canadian. Okay. Um, uh, this week, your, uh, your Blueyes have traded away your silver slugger right fielder to Oscar Hernandez to the Seattle Mariners for a bullpen arm and a prospect and perhaps, as importantly, like $14 million in... Uh, 12.7 yeah. if you want to be exact. I guess I do. Salary flexibility. And we'll see what that may or may not get turned into. But what's well, even more than that, Matt, when you couple it with Rymel Tapia's and Zimmer, yeah. Zimmerman? Zimmer. Zimmer. It is, it's almost 19 million between the three of them. So they will be looking around. And I think they've made it pretty well known at this point by dealing your right fielder away. That may be Springer's spot. And maybe they're looking for a more consistently available center fielder. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that would also be less demanding on, on For Springer sure. there, but yeah, Teo's out and the last game he ever plays as a blue Jay, he hits two home runs and, uh, they get crushed in just horribly disappointing fashion, blow that huge lead. If they win that game and happen to come back and, and win the series, Teo's a hero. He's not quite bat flip level, but he's the, he's right there with the Donaldson dash or, you know, the Edwin wildcard game. Edwin, three, three, yeah, man, that three-run homer was awesome. Teo is on that level at that point. And instead, uh, we're just going to whimper out of the playoffs completely. And uh, you can go play for the team that beat us and really provide them with the one thing they were missing, which is another impact bat in the middle of their lineup. I don't know, man. I, I didn't love the trade. What did you think? Well, I think there's a, a bunch of things at play here, right? There is the... You know, between the three guys, the 19 million in cap space that allows you to target. Artificial cap space. Yeah. Target internal cap. Yeah. <laughs> um, salary. Yes. Period. Yeah. Um, but it also, I, th- I think, you know, it brings back a, an arm, not, not, not a closer. No. Right. But a sort of a mid leverage kind of, now a guy with a lot of swing and miss, which is clearly what they were missing. Yeah, it's trending in the wrong direction. At one point, he was up around 96 consistently. Last year to start, he was down more like 94, 95. And by the end of the year, he was at 93. So you're going to want to know what that's about. Right. Splitter, slider, the nice combo yeah. to back it with, right? To, to make that 94 look look really good. Yep. Um, to me, this was as much about freeing up the money and, and maybe not to be disputed. And I haven't seen it anywhere, but... I don't know if they're super sad to see a member of the barrio go. Yeah. To see a little bit of change in that 
happy-go-lucky, smiley-faced d- dynamic that happens <laughs> down at the end. You did trade away one of the most popular guys on the team. And Vladdy had a video on his Instagram. He was, he was not happy that this had happened. And I mean, no one's ever right happy, yep. happy, but uh, I don't know. Zoobs tweeted out there this week. Uh, anytime you have a chance to trade away a silver slugger and disappoint your franchise player in the same move, you got to pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so I don't know. I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Maybe we were breaking up the little, the click there and, and trying to send a message. Um, but it has its risks. When you do that. Of course it does. But at the end of the day, this is a team that in two of the last three years has, has got to varying degrees smashed in, in, in playing two to threes, right? Yep. And you can't stay with what you got. Like to me, this is, and you weren't trading Bo or Vladdy, right? Those weren't happening. No. So it comes down to now I was reading a bit by Shai Davidi and, and he was saying, yeah, when you look at what this brings back in terms of a two-time silver slugger and a middle of the lineup guy and you, this is what you get. An, yeah. an A-ball left-hander and a, you know, a, a mid-leverage reliever. It's. Underwhelming. It's underwhelming, but to me there's, it's, it's a bunch of. It's hard to judge, right? till we see how they spend that money. Right. Right. And, and so. so we'll see. If when you go out and get like a Brandon Nimmo or something to play center field for you, left-handed bat. Maybe it makes sense, right? And you're trying to build the best team, but. Well, and again, Davidi went through, uh, in terms of free agents, right? It seemed to be a smorgasbord of uh, Scott Boris guys, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was, whether it was Nemo, whether it was Bellinger or uh, Gallo, right? Yep. These, these are the three names. Oof. Joey Gallo, not. Uh, not, not super interested in Gallo. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were talking about really the, how that may become more of a fit or less of a fit, depending on what happens in the post-shift world. Yeah. True. So that kind of thing. And then, then you look at the trade options, right? When you have, and it becomes more, I think, interesting now when you look at, at the catcher dealing from, yep. a, again, a position of strength and go, little extra money. Still with a little trading from a, a position of strength and you go, but it really comes down to if, you know, between Kirk and Hernandez, that's got to be almost 80 games of four hitters, right? Guys who hit in your four spot. Yep. You go, man, that is, that's a lot to ask, right? When you're, when you're talking about. Oh, for sure. Like there's a lot of unanswered questions right now and it's not a finished puzzle. It is still very early on. So we'll see. But you'd like to, you'd almost like to have seen, let's say it's going to be Brendan Nemo. That happened right away after the Teo trade. Like you knew it was in your back pocket. You just had to free this up yeah. as opposed to sitting here going, well, we hope. hope we get something, right? We pulled the trigger on one and, and we probably shouldn't have, and it blows up in your face. Like it's too early to say that that's what's going to happen, but yeah, you're, you're open right now to, to criticism. For yep. sure, because the team, un- undoubtedly, the team is weaker right now than it was at the end of the season. That doesn't mean it'll be weaker when you get to spring training, but it is right now. Well, so. you saw Ross Atkins. Did you see Ross Atkins yeah. on Tim McAuliffe this week? Yeah, he's always very reassuring. Yeah, but <laughs> just just in terms of, and, and Tim asked him the questions, right? Are you, are you happy if you started today with an outfield that is Guriel, Springer, Biggio, Merrifield, yeah. you know, sort of Lucas, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
prospect yeah. coming up. And you go, is that? And, and so he didn't answer yes or no. He just, you know, Atkins sort of. Went. I'll answer. <laughs> yeah. He sort of, yeah. No, nobody is, right? And and I get it. But it comes down to this is not the finished product. And and I have shit on Shatkins <laughs> a bunch of times, right, through their years. But at the end of the day, I'm always anywhere from mildly to quite happy with what they've done, yes, right? they've if, earned a little, uh, I was going to say respect. A, li- a even little rope. Th- yeah, that's A little right, rope. That's right. And so to me, I, I am in November. It's really hard to also lambaste them in November for, <laughs> for what's to come, right? We have a bunch of the bulk of free agency to happen here and, or all of free agency to happen. Mm-hmm. It just, so to me, it's, it's early and I certainly get, right. And the, the one thing I was left with when he, when it came down was, yeah, when, when Hernandez showed up and nobody really knew what to expect and now he's gone and you, you have no idea what's coming down the pipe. It's true. So yeah, I'm willing to, I, I think the benefit of the jacket and the high fives and when things were going well, they were really going well. And when they weren't, man, it seemed like a real funk down there. Right. So it is, that's an interesting dynamic, right? When it is going well and everybody's coming back and putting on the jacket and the high fives, all that stuff, it's fine. But when it's not going well, it's not just that it's not going well, but all of that stuff has been taken away because you're not hitting bombs. You're not. So it feels like the drop is even bigger, right? That energy, these things we do, we're not doing because they're sort of predicated on being successful first and then celebrating that as yeah. opposed to things that you can repeat and keep the vibes up with 100%. without predicating. And, and I think they're looking for whoever comes in to be, to help lend towards a little more of a well-balanced offense as yep. opposed to the the bomb heavy. All or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just go, yeah. And, and, and Nimmo, I believe, is a left-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. And and that sort of thing, and you go, can you bring us more of a on-base, left-handed, center fielder, somebody who's going to give us a little more balance up and down the, the lineup as opposed to being so... Yeah. He would be a great fit if the Mets are going to let that guy walk. It's... Well, they're going to bring in Aaron Judge, so it doesn't matter. Sweet. I hope they do. Yeah. So who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Well, before we get out of here then, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this. Most of you, well, all of you will hear this after it's done, but it is Grey Cup Sunday as I sit here in my sweet uh, early 2000s vintage Argos jersey. Uh, jumped on the bandwagon for the day, just as I did when we went to, uh, to the game up here. Um, yeah, I wore the red-black jersey. The yeah. red-black jersey when we had uh, went to those. I was yeah, thinking with that. Ryderville. R- Ryderville with all the chicks in the... Fuck, it was awesome. In the in the white miniskirts and the skin-tight jeans, Ryderville. Yeah. The place to be on a Saturday night and Grey Cup weekend. Um, and I, when Bunda was in here, we were talking about this a little bit. Pleasantly surprised by the Argo party that night too. You kind of- uh, The boatyard. Yeah. You kind of equate the Argos not having the big fan base. Maybe they don't travel that well, right? Because you don't see big crowds in Toronto. It was small. It was small, but it was a hell of a party. Well, we conga lined right out of there, <laughs> right? We were, we showed up. We had uh, two or three drinks. You, Maddie, and I. Yeah. Did I say dr- You did say something that dr- sounds similar to drinks. But. Drinks. <laughs> Just want to be careful. There's an R in there. But they were they had some uh, blue curacao. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, the, like shots they were handing out. Yeah, and, and so we they got they had some people up on stage, and it was it we sort of that was the first place we hit. Yes, yeah, and you're right, it was small, but it was mighty. 
yeah, they were having a good time in there and we had to wait in line. Like it was a, yeah, to get it. And we hit that Calgary one afterwards. It kind of sucked. Boo. It was very corporate. Like we were at a golf tournament. Yes, exactly. But then, uh, over to Ryderville and that was, that was a blast. Oh, and sure. we, it ended with the, it ended with the good nineties dance tunes. Yeah. I'm, we got my Video hand in my party. hand. Yeah. Rob Woo! was just giving her. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was, it was late. It's the last stop in the evening, man. Yeah. I was, uh, I was loving it. Um, as we sit here today, slightly less, uh. Yeah. Slightly lower energy. Way. But uh, this is one of those things that I always still, even if, you know, my interest in the, the CFL kind of wanes through the season as the Red Blacks fall apart annually, now it seems, I still get up for the Grey Cup. And, uh, you know, Championship Sunday is is a big deal. I will watch. I'm all in on Hamilton tonight. Okay. Well. Or BC. Okay. Yeah. Those would have been the more fun. Uh, Love the Eskimos. Uh, they're not a thing anymore. <laughs> so uh, it, I, I get into this and I, I still like every year, even if I've, like I said, even before the Red Blacks became a thing, I was sort of losing interest in the, uh, the CFL a little bit, but I'd always watch the Grey Cup. And so we have the dynasty seeking two-time champs looking for their third in a row, Winnipeg two time, Blue Bombers. Two-time. Getting ready to take on the, uh, the lowly Toronto Argonauts coming out of a terrible Eastern division. Um, but with some weapons that could find it for a night, Brandon Banks could do his thing once more. You know, Andrew Harris could Andrew do his thing. Andrew Harris. Things, could do it again. What's your, uh, your interest level, man? Are you pumped for the game or is it sort of, eh? Ah, uh, it's, okay. it's super low, okay. super low. And you know what? It's funny because, as, and I, we, I've mentioned it on, in the past couple of weeks here on the show that the pandemic really sort of put the last shit kicking into my, my faith in the league. Now hold on, I'm 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 going to bounce back with this. Okay, watching this week, and there were, there was a TSN show on you know top ten greatest Grey Cup moments, and there was moments from you know the Edmonton Toronto game in maybe '87. There's it's just it's awesome, right? Yeah. It's back and forth. It's back and forth. And I remember I went all in on a bet with a buddy. I bet on the Eskimos. He bet on the Argonauts, and and. You know, Gizmo Williams returns that, <laughs> returns that, and and I want a whopping two bucks. Yeah, man. Right, but I'm showing up on the bus, and I'm like, "Give me my money!" <laughs> and he gave me two bag, a bag full of pennies. It was like two hundred, two hundred pennies. <laughs> Anyways, that was in November of my grade nine year, and it went on the top of my locker. And in June that you know. <laughs> I, I had, June, I took them and I had beat them to, to death I, with the bat. I had to spiral, <laughs> you know, fling those pennies somewhere. Um, but I loved it, man. Back in the day, I told you before, I, you know, got into a couple scraps. CFL's way better than the NFL. <laughs> um, but I'm watching this show and I see the Baltimore Stallions yeah. win, winning the Grey Cup. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, that's just one more bag what squeeze where you're like, yeah. where's the Las Vegas posse at? And they're the Shreveport Pirates. Where's that? Their O Christmas tree version yeah, of so, O Canada. Oh, Tannenbaum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, it's it's really taken. And then the pandemic and, and, the, and the discovery that they have no money. They're nickel and diamond. It's bungee cords and elastics. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, and then, then the local team being shite. Yep. I just need a Christmas miracle or something. Like something has to happen here. I, I need an intervention in my fandom. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I throw it back to kind of the mid-90s is when I really got into 
you know, I'm maybe 12 or something like that, 12 or 13. And it's that game, I believe it's at Ivor Wynn and there's a pile of snow the Argos are playing. I don't remember against you, but it's, it's Flutie and Pinball and Drummond and... Oh, it's Edmonton. And Danny McManus is the quarterback for the Eskimos. Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that would have been like 96, maybe 95, something like that. And 96, I believe. Okay. Like that's my kind of early memories of getting into the league and just thinking that's fucking crazy. But it, there's something cool about playing in the snow in fucking Hamilton and 100%. in November, I, I got into it, right? And, and I, I stuck with the Argos for a long time through your Michael Bishops and... Arland Bruce the thirds and just all the way. <laughs> Arland Bruce the third. <laughs> Look at that guy. Law firm. Yeah, exactly. We had, uh, uh, what was his name there? The pothead who came up from the NFL for a couple of years. Oh, you gotta be more specific. William, cause... Ricky Williams. Um, oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Making his, uh, his Mike CFL. Mike Dicka the... making the, making his selection. He's wearing the dreads. Right. <laughs> so. Terrible. You know, I, I've. I've been through my ups and downs with the CFL, but yeah, there's still something on Grey Cup Sunday that I kind of get fired up for, and it's, I, I'm I'm kind of bummed out that you're not there, man. I, and, well, you know, and before we came in here, we we're in the green room, and it didn't really dawn on me at the time. But you were talking about what you had going on tonight after the show, and it never I never mentioned a word about no nope. throwing on the football game. And, no, and and when one third of the Florida Georgia line or whatever the yeah, is, some of Florida yes, <laughs> comes out at halftime, I'm just like. Where's Ann Murray at? I know we talked about this. <laughs> it's, 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 will I check in on it? Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's, I just need, I need Minus something. 12 in Regina, man. If this isn't going to get you. Oh, it'll get you. Because in one game, could Brandon Banks and, and Andrew Harris and McLeod Bethel Thompson do the thing? Yeah, of course they well, could. We saw, it, we saw it in 2017 here. That Argo yeah. team that beat. Calgary, Levi and that wasn't that was a juggernaut Stampeders yep. team. So it can happen. It for sure it can and, happen. And that's compelling to me that even if you already know the backstory of the season and the Argos were just sort of the best of a bad bunch in the East, in one game, yeah, they they could be the the team that knocks off the mighty Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And and if it's gonna snow like hell, I, I don't know, but it's gonna be cold as shit in Regina. Yeah. Well I'm and, into it. I wanna I Yeah, know. and it really comes down to uh, to me, you know, Andrew Harris and, and how dominant he has been. And now he's, as a running back, right? They get worn out early. Yep. He, you always have that one game. Hey man, it's one game. Yep. Do we know if Caleros is going to play? He's going to, by all accounts, he hasn't practiced almost at all, but uh, they were just kind of saving him going, look, he's been through it. He knows the playbook, all that shit. We'll, we'll yeah. start him. So I expect to see him. And my beer is not frozen. Like that 2017 game where <laughs> the beers were freezing just over the top, yeah, freezing right in my hand, and I'm like, "What is happening here?" And I can't find a pisser. Also, Molson Canadian. Oh no, I think they had Mill Street in there that night. They did have Mill Street. Yeah, that's the organic. Now yeah. again, I, 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 you know, guys never fucking. Have where's the tank house at? <laughs> Come on, man. Um, before they went all organic on all of it, and it just the tank house was never the same. No tank house. Tank hoosh. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, probably not. All right. Yeah. Wait, honestly. That's what a bummer, a, man. What a downer, eh? Yeah. Little great, great cup, world cup. I piss on I'm all I'm not watching anything. I'm not watching this. Old man, get off my lawn. 
Give me more of the fucking whatever five and ten cents or <laughs> no, no man. They're and they're going to Vegas and then oh, the, late night and then the <laughs> California trip. I'm not watching any of it. <laughs> so when when we meet up next week, I will be talking about all thirty and thirty the the sort of the highlight pack kind of yeah, okay. deals because. <laughs> According to the highlights I saw, they looked great. Yeah. Or didn't. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm fully anticipating that. Although Shabby's going out there, top four defensemen, fire the coach, bam, season's fixed. All right, man. Do it, man. I don't ask for much. Oh. <laughs> uh, you did just ask them to acquire a top four defenseman. Yeah. Well. <laughs> they're no, out there growing and, on trees. And it's interesting <laughs> because we've all seen, um, you, you know, New Jersey yep. come through and, and Marino was one of those guys that was sort of amongst the fan base talked about. And then they're like, yeah, the guy was drafted by Edmonton, didn't want to go there and didn't want to go to Ottawa this year either. So you can, we can complain about, why don't you get that guy? Why don't you get that guy? Cause at some point that guy's got a chance to say, yeah, I don't want to go there. So don't <laughs> double digits to you. And you're like, yeah, that hurts my feelings a little bit, but neither here nor there, Matt. 24-20 Argos in a low-scoring affair. That uh, It'll have to be. If the Argos are going to win, they're not shooting the lights out. 18-14 Blue Bombers. Okay. There you have it. Uh, our thoroughly uninformed predictions of the... I, I, think we just, I think we just brought enough that you understand. And I think the, the Argos won the East with... 10 wins, like the nine, 10 wins, like they nine, were, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're 500 at least. And yeah, you know, it's, it's. Were the it, Red Blacks not a game below 500 the year they won the, the Grey Cup? Yeah, I think they eight, were eight, nine eight, and. Eight, nine and one. Yeah, I think that's right. So. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. What are you going to do? If the toughest, the East is just tougher. It's that a grind. Be it, yeah. It's a grind, baby. Yeah. Now, before you get, before you get out of here, I listened to Rod Smith. He was, he was on local radio late last week, teeing up the game. And I don't know what you, but it makes me think of Kelsey's. Yeah. <laughs> or Harvey's. Canada's Roadhouse. I'm not, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. I don't know all the work he's done, you know. Kelsey's. I don't want some Kelsey's now. Uh, at least I have that great burger with the, uh, you know, it was like onion rings on it. And I love that. Okay. Um, way to go, Rod. Thanks, Rod. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I spent years as a six o'clock sports center guy and I do all the CFL work, but these two doughheads <laughs> know me as the Kelsey's guy. The Kelsey's and Wendy's guy or whatever Harvey's, it is, yeah. Harvey's. <laughs> what a beautiful thing. I, I thought you were a Joe Bowen Harvey's guy. Oh, maybe it is. Okay. Maybe Rod Smith isn't doing Harvey's. Yeah, I mean, I may. He for sure is Canada's roadhouse. Yes, for yeah, sure. All right. Anyways. So he was on the radio. No, it's just, it was really what the, it was really, voice. What, it was really what the Kelsey's really is, is what, is where I was going with that. All right. Well, that's fair. I could, like I said, I could go for some Kelsey's here. Maybe uh, probably not on Cray Cup Sunday. It's been a while. Uh, later on this week, stick around. Our pal, Dr. Vicky Forster will return to the show. New Canadian citizen. Uh, I, I'm intrigued by that process. What's that look like? If you didn't just fall out of somebody on Canadian soil, what, how do you go about what? becoming a Canadian? We'll ask her about that. We'll talk a little Leafs, uh, whatever else comes up. She uh, all kinds of uh, craft beer suggestions from down in Toronto. So uh, we'll she must have some influenza knowledge. No doubt. Where where are we at? Are we all on the road right back to hell? It's masking even help at this point. Is there any point at I all? I'm the way in here, Matt. Yeah. No. They're what? What are we doing? What was it? Recommending. Yep. We mask, not insisting, but recommending you all mask. Although a good buddy of the show, LSG. Good buddy. He was overdoing some passport work and, and so pass, you know, masks mandatory to get into the yep. 
passport office guy was outraged. LSG? No. Oh, okay. No, somebody there. Yeah, LSG was dutifully sitting there doing his thing with the mask sure, on. Sure, okay. And the guy's like, I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. And then they gave him a mask and he and he broke it trying to put it on and then <laughs> broke the second one trying to put it on. Not very passive aggressive. Uh... Yeah. And they're like, you know what, buddy? Here's a mask. You put it on or you don't come or in. Or you leave. <sighs> okay. But yeah. So to me, that is going to be interesting to see as most of us go, yeah, you know, it's common sense, man. Cold and flu season. COVID is still here. Maybe we just wear a mask in large settings. Nobody's closing anything on you. Everything's exactly. still open. You can go do what you want. You can go where you want. You can just put a fucking mask on. It's not going to hurt you. I wear the mask for you. Yeah. You wear the mask for me. Just fucking do it. <laughs> Happy Great Cup Sunday, everybody. We're out of here. On uh, We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Uh, what else do I normally say here? <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, in all your normal places? Yeah, wherever you get your uh, your on-demand audio, we'll, we'll be there. Um, <laughs> Solid sessions for Matt, and I think you need something stronger. Uh, seriously. Yeah. This session, two, uh, two low-alcohol beers got me just fucking ready for a nap here at the end of the podcast. Got just enough time before kickoff. That's Talk and Audio. We'll see you next week. See ya!